We are in Titus chapter 2. We are going to cover two snippets out of verse 5. And next week we're going to wrap up our, we're not going to wrap up Titus at all, but we'll at least finish, uh, maybe, (laughs) finish the the portion on young men. And we've, this is the second full week, third full week, third full week on young women here. Uh, Again, it's not because women need it more. Uh, I would contend in a lot of ways it's because the assault against women is greater today uh, to live contrary to what God's word implores of them. Last week, uh, we looked at the priorities that a woman is to have. And by the way, again, just by way of reminder, this is how older women should be teaching the younger women. Okay, the older women should be teaching this. Um, They're to train the young women in verse 4 to love their husbands and their children. Okay, so that's kind of, that's the, that's the foundation and the fundamental. And from that, we started vaulting off from there. We talked about singleness uh, last week uh, here and why Paul perhaps is silent on that in this, in this section. It's not because he disses singleness. And we looked at that in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, not at all. But singleness really is a unique calling and a great blessing of the Lord. Uh, really to that end and for his church. Um, so today we're going to plunge in on stuff we skipped last week because we were looking at issues of character in verse 5, you know, that they are to be self-controlled, pure. Oop, we skipped one, went to kind, and that was it. So now we're going to weigh in on the other two here, and this should be interesting. Um, Paul tells Titus, to train, to exhort the older women, to train the younger women to, where'd it go? I lost it. Be working at home. There it is. Be working at home. Yo. Our culture today would go, What? Okay, one of the first things we have to ask ourselves, is this just cultural? Okay, is this just for, he's talking to first century Mediterraneans. That doesn't apply to us today. Okay, let me ask you a question. How much within the New Testament, if you've ever read it, if you've ever thought about it as you're going through it, how much of it doesn't apply to us today in the 21st century? I mean, how much can you go, well, that that may just be cultural. What did you say? Depends on who you ask. Some people obviously have a okay. left leaning on that. Let's take, I mean, just at base value. I don't. Yeah. If, and one of the ways we are supposed to read scripture is within a historical context and understand that this has spanned history 
all along. So how much in the New Testament can you go is, there may be some debate about whether that's cultural. Can you name anything? Apart, like, apart from this, perhaps. Like Holy Kiss or stuff like that. Okay, Holy Kiss. You might go, we don't, we don't do that here. You know, beards are scratchy. Okay. Corbin might hit me. Um, so, Holy Kiss, that might be one. Any, anything else? Or the, the not putting the hair on the side of your ears for as long as the beards and all that kind of Is that New Testament? I think that's Old Testament. That's and that's particularly the, the Jews in Israel. So, again, head coverings. Head coverings. <gasps> you know, no, no pass. Few, okay, few pastors ever go in and go, "Hey, I'm going to do a sermon on head coverings." Or if they're r- racing through First Corinthians and they get to chapter eleven, they're like, oh, "You can see that look on their faces." They get up to preach the sermon through that because it's like, "Oh, it's awful." And there's not a hat to be seen in here. Okay, anything else come to your mind? We don't really live in a culture that has masters and slaves. Okay, okay, so that would be something culturally that we would kind of have to work through here because when we think slavery, our mind immediately goes to? Civil War. Civil War, 1800s, Jim Crow, all that, all of that. Um, I Dred think Scott. The, par- the parables, like Jesus' parables that he talked about, a lot of them we have to understand context to understand why they would un- know exactly what he meant by what he was saying. Beautiful, the parables, but I don't dismiss them. No. We don't because dismiss because we, don't, we don't throw the seeds. We shouldn't. Yeah, we shouldn't. And so, this is to dismiss something God has written for, because it's cultural, they're only Okay, warning. So I can't start out that way. I have to go, all right, man, we're going to sit down, we're just going to look at this. And so that's ultimately what we are going to do. Uh, First of all, does Scripture provide a commandment that says, Woman, thou shalt not work outside the home. Does Scripture forbid it? No. Uh, Corbin, Proverbs 31. Let me ask a question prior to that. So, it's written in here, work at home. But was culturally the woman working outside? Okay, no. Now, now hang on. No, they weren't. Okay, we'll, we'll get into the background here a little bit more. The word is, is irrelevant. But it talks about really watching and guarding the house. And we would get a translation of homemaker, okay? The one who is, has the stewardship of the home. That's kind of the context of the word there. Okay, so we're going we're gonna to look at what, what the Bible says about where we have clear pictures of women who work outside the home. Proverbs 31 uh, Corbin, 16, 18, 20. We'll go with the even verses right there. 16, 18, and 20. She considers a field and buys it. From her earnings, she plants a vineyard. 18. She senses that her gain is good. Her lamp does not go out at night. 
20. She extends her hand to the poor and she stretches out her hands to the needy. Okay. Okay, that is in the context of the virtuous woman. But if you were to wade into the whole chapter, the other verses imply that she goes out from her home to do these things almost as an extension of what she is doing within the home. She's a busy lady. She's a busy lady. Um, Acts chapter 16, verse 14. My son just preached on this last Sunday. Great sermon. This is why I He was talking about Lydia. You know, in the Macedonian call going over into Philippi. Lydia was a worker of purple. What's that mean? Well, she, she was wealthy. Purple. Yeah. Purple cloth was for the well-to-do. And so she was a summons. And it says she loved the Lord. When it says she was a seller of fine purple, and she loved the Lord. There. So one would believe this was what she was doing when she became a believer. Okay, that would be an assumption there because it doesn't say that specifically. Okay. Um, so there are the... Two big instances in Scripture where we have people, well, Mary Magdalene as well, working outside the home. That would not be appropriate. Who else? Ruth. Who? Ruth? Yeah, I mean, she went out and worked in the fields. She did. She, she, but again, they had no husband to ultimately do that for them. So, she, okay. Well, but the, the question is, can you work out the home? Then, yeah, she's like, clearly... We're just looking at instances of people. We haven't gotten to the can you. Oh, okay. Yeah, we'll, that, we'll wrestle with that kind of as we, as we move along. So those, there, those are some instances of women working outside the home. Um, if we go back to the creation in Genesis chapter 2, God creates Adam without Eve for a time. And then God says he is going to do what? Bef he, yes, he does. He's going to make a zoo. Before he makes the zoo, what's he say right before that? I am going to make a helper, the King James would say, fit for him. I thought that happened after he named the No. No, 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 no. He says that first. He says, I'm going to make a helper suitable for him. And then he brings all the animals to Adam to go. I'm out of names. Yeah. Yeah. I can ride the horse, but, you know, he kind of maybe nuzzle my cheek, but that's. I'm going to make a helper suitable for him going to make a helper suitable for him. He makes one, God creates one, like him, but different. Okay? How is woman different from man? Well, you know, I, I almost, I go, how much time do you have? <laughs> I mean, it's, 
It's almost absurd that we have to talk about this. But it is needful because we lived in a terribly, horribly, tragically, satanically confused culture. How is woman different from man? Let's, let's try and keep it as basic as we can here. Basically, the woman was made out of man. Man was made of the dirt. The, okay. You know, made of dirt. Okay. <laughs> but the woman was made from the rib. Okay. So that was out of man. Okay. Create, the initial creation was that way. But how today? You know, how, how is Eb different from Allison? How is Jeremy different from Sarah? What is... How, why? What? What are the big differences? Desires, emotions, physicality. <laughs> okay. Well, well, well let's let. Okay. The, right down to to every cell, we're different. But how does that then manifest itself in life? Well, there's, there's, I mean, there's all kind of design things as far as obviously men are not capable of uh, producing a baby on their own. Excellent. But the, but there's other like. Like in a lot of the ethics, even that people are getting into now, of like transgender sports and those kind yeah. of things, men were their bodies were made. I heard a guy talking about like, like people like, oh, everything needs to be fair and unisex. But if we got into something like boxing, which is silly, like just the genetics of a, a man's wrist or, or knuckles break at a much higher uh, impact. Uh, than a, a woman's skull, as opposed to men's skulls and men's like. There's all these things, and it's like they're like. Like ethically, scientifically, like that's not fair. That that's an evil to put okay. the two let's, against each let's, other. Let's go the really simple. They're physically different. Physically yes. different. Okay. Why are they physically different? Men are exceedingly stronger than women. For the purpose of defending okay. and carrying out justice. You have trans guys guys who now say they're women who are waxing all of the sporting events. A uh, kid won two years in a row. Uh, the wrestling title here in Texas, who's now a girl. Uh, weightlifting. They're crushing the girls. This, these trans... I don't even, would they be a transgender woman? or I, I don't even know what to say because the language gets so gobbledygook. The one who was a man who has become a woman is taking all... Uh, because men are stronger, faster. They have larger hearts, greater aerobic capacity... Find a woman who ever wins the Boston Marathon over a man. Never. It's not going to happen. Uh, what race was it? And some of these are not, they're not better or worse. They're, they're different, different for different purposes as God has created Yes, us. and we've, and we've recognized that. Both to be celebrated. We've recognized this for millennia, which is why there are men's sports and women's sports. It's not a big deal. But that's because there is a physicality that is different. Okay, why are women different? Why are they made the way that they are made? To care for babies. Make babies! <laughs> Okay, they're made to make babies. Guys can't. They are. They don't. They don't have to be stronger. That is the man's job to then go out, labor, work hard, defend all of those things, and the woman is at home caring for the kids. How often, 
I, I mean, in our culture today, people will generally not be putting kids out every year. Some of us do. Um, <laughs> but that was no, no slight. <laughs> <laughs> we're, there. we're there, too. We're there, too. Um, but generally, they get spread out. So if, you know, if a family, and it wasn't unreasonable back in that day to have six kids, how, for how long is the woman going to be tied to the home? A long time. A long time. 30 years. 15, <laughs> you know, 10 to 15 years on the inside before those kids really start to then go out with dad into the field to labor and if it's a daughter, she's not going to have the strength to do that. So she is going to work inside the home and learn these things. So if I think culturally back then, we go, that's the way it was. I mean, is, is anybody, got, you know, if, 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 I, if I cross the line, throw a flag, you know, go ahead. Don't hesitate. I'll, I'll try not to shoot you down. I do that sometimes. Um, just say go back to something really neat about our physical differences. Ty and I read an article, well, it's like a scientific article that talks about how the crook of a woman's arm is different than a man's. And it's the reason that like, women can carry baby. Like, I can carry a baby, even though he's stronger than me, before, longer before it gets uncomfortable on my side. Before it's like, Wonky. longer than he can, which is I just found really fascinating. Which is, uh, I think it got brought, it was kind of funny because I'm like, at the time, I hadn't been working out a lot, so I was like yeah. significantly stronger. I'm like, why does this bother me holding this baby in my arm? Yeah. When I can. Because it's know. drooling down the side. <laughs> <laughs> it smells really bad. <laughs> okay, I, I want to look at a couple of things in Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 5, you can turn there with me. Um, we know, because we have heard it before, that the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, okay? That's Ephesians 5, verse 23, okay? The husband is the head of the wife. Notice, it doesn't say that at all in the section on the husbands, you know, that the husband is the head. Hey, dude, you're the head, so, you know, act like you're the head. But it's told to the women so that they can go, oh, okay, and you go, uh, Let's, let's kind of grab a context for the headship. Paul uses the term head back in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 21 to 23. He's talking about Jesus Christ, who's far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, also in the one to come. And he, God the Father, put all things under his, Jesus Christ's feet, and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So Christ as the head, you think of the head and the body, what is the head doing? Governing. Governing. Directing. Uh, as the head, if you're the head over somebody, you have the responsibility really for the protection of this people. And you see this kind of fleshed out in Ephesians chapter 5 uh, as you look at at Paul, God's commands to the husband in Ephesians chapter 5, uh, verse 25. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. What did the church do for Christ? Mocked him. 
Ja. You know, the church really did nothing for him, but Christ laid down his life for the church apart from the church's conduct. To really create the church, to protect the church. And you see in verse 29, you go down to 28 and 28 and 29, in the same way, a husband should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but he nourishes it and cherishes it as Christ is the church. To nourish your wife and to cherish your wife, to cherish her, the the idea in 1 Peter chapter 3, uh, verse 7 I believe that husbands are to live with their wives with understanding as the weaker vessel and co-heirs of Christ that your prayers may not be hindered. As the weaker vessel. You know, I don't, I don't play a catch with a teacup. <coughs> Dumb. You know, I, I put that in a place where it is protected. Okay, it's cherished. And it's nourished. It's provided for. The same root there is the one that the Septuagint uses that says in, uh, back in Genesis that Joseph provided for his brothers. You know, provided all that they needed right there. So in this sense here in Ephesians 5, we see that the husband provides the home for the woman so that she can then keep it. Okay, so if things are falling down, things are breaking down, it's the husband's responsibility to make sure it stays functioning. And the woman is to, you know, it's her playground. It's supposed to be. As you kind of flesh this out here, think it through. Now, we go, you're kind of tweaking stuff in here. And, And maybe I am. More from a sense of fighting against the tide. But Margaret Mead is a famous cultural anthropologist, not a believer. Okay? And she wrote that the male role in marriage in every known human society is to provide for women and children. Okay? That's, that is the way it has been since time began. In every society. That's what a, a secular anthropologist said. So why, you know, so there's a gnaw in women today to, I want to provide. I can provide. And, and yes, you could. But should you? Okay, how's the woman Suited. The woman is suited to work in the home. Okay, she is suited to work in the home because she's created for that. She's created for children. Okay. If you need a lesson on that, you, you talk to your mom about biology uh, stuff. So she's she's suited for children. And again, that's going to take a long, long time. Um, the we we Eb alluded to it. Shauna alluded to it. Uh, the hormone cocktail going on in a woman is nuts. It's nuts. For anybody who's been around a pregnant woman, it's like duck. Because you never know what you're going to get. You don't know if, if the fireworks are going or the tears are going. And she's going to be laughing. She's going to be angry. You go, 
don't know why. It's okay. It's okay. But all of that is ultimately will settle down and it creates in a woman a caring and nurturing desire. And that is, that is exploded during breastfeeding when oxytocin, uh, whatever, you know, creates a bond, an incredible bond between the mother and the child in that, during that. Okay, I can't do that. Um, this, this compassion that a woman naturally has toward children makes them uniquely suited for the training and raising of children in the formative childhood years. Okay. Uh, there was, uh, again, secular study, secular study by a guy named Herbert Gans and Helen Lopata indicated that suburban women are among the happiest and least isolated of all Americans. This is back in the 80s, 70s and 80s. That a woman working in the home was amongst, of all Americans, amongst the most content, contented. Uh, also found in the study is that housewives are more likely to be using their education than working women in the home. Interesting. They tend to be wider re readers and also more involved in the community. Crazy. Deeper friendships, another thing. George Gilder, author, wrote, uh, the woman's role is nothing less than the hub of the human community. And these guys, weren't, these guys aren't Christians. They're not, they, not, a, not a book on uh, husbands and wives that way. So significant that the woman's role is nothing less than the hub of the human community in what she does in the home. So if a woman's going to be home all day, what can she do? Because that's what the world's going to go, what can you do? What is there to do at home? Okay, so the, the raising of kids. Are you going to train your kids? Or are you just going to slap an iPad in front of them? Let them go. Let YouTube disciple your children. Okay. Yeah. Rhett and Link. My daughter's a PhD. Um, what else is there to do? Come on. I mean, what else can you do in the home? Well, you know, you were talking about how women, um, that study that showed that women are more likely to use their education and are more volunteers in the community. Well, you have time, especially, you said, like, okay, that was, like, what, 70s, 80s? That study yeah. was done. Yeah. Women, the homeschool rate then was much, much lower. So when your kids are old enough to be in elementary school, you have a lot of time on your hands to volunteer and put that, education or whatever skills you have to use okay. in a volunteering way. Okay, let's, let's, let's go back to this time. What is there for a woman to do? Make clothes. Make clothes, make food. Okay, let's talk about food here for a minute. Daily. Um, what is America's food source? McDonald's. <laughs> Taco Bell, McDonald's, Chick-fil-A. Corporations. Corporations. If anybody cooks I'll, I'll put that in air quotes. Cooks, they take something out of a box and throw it in the oven and, and turn it on. Okay? I'm not indicting that. But, how expensive is that? Or Compared to cooking it from scratch. Well, long-term costs as well. Yeah, and I got to tell you, man, there are some awesome recipes out there. 
I don't know how to cook. What if what if a woman gets married and doesn't know how to cook? I didn't know. Well, she's been failed by the this part of the the, the older women as far as passing it on. Yeah. Okay. The same as a as a man being not being taught how to be what a man is. Okay. It, you know, and being a. So if you don't know how to cook, sit in the corner and ball your eyes out. No, you learn. <laughs> you learn. Learn how to cook. How hard is it, really? I mean, you do. You learn. Here is the deal. You know, you don't have to be a chef, but glean from other people good recipes. Where no kidding, if I do A, B, C, and D, it's going to be a cake. Okay. You know. Yeah, baking is a whole different story. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, but man, recipes, holy cow. So you can learn. What else can, so women can make clothes. They can do that. What else can you do in the home? What can't you do in the home? Uh, yeah. there's, there's all the things there mentioned in, in Proverbs, but if that is a responsibility that somebody's taking on, everything that happens in the home can be done well or poorly. And so... So, like, even that, like, that's what I was thinking about said, working at home, it's like, it's older, wiser women training them how to do all these things well, which then is a blessing to their family. Because even with the cooking, there's, like, does God desire for us to eat good foods and live somewhat uh, healthy lifestyles or put junk in our body? Both of them are still providing for your family, but the long-term effects as far as wholeness or wellness... Um, we can be wise in that or poor. Anybody like cleaning wise toilets? Or. Any fans of cleaning toilets? Yep. Wiping, wiping down baseboards, you know, stuff, stuff like that. I mean, cleaning a house is hard work. And this is where, as the munchkins get older, they can help to that. That's something a woman can train her children to do, to help clean the house. <laughs> Laundry, no fun. Clothes don't magically get cleaned. So they got to be cleaned. They got to be tended, mended. Okay, how hard is it to darn a sock? Has anybody ever darned a sock? What is a darn? <laughs> no, no, he's cursing. It's like re, redoing the, yeah. the elastic in it. Yeah. Just it's, sit in there with our socks away. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's just it. That's, I, I we have become. Because I make cloth diapers for some uh, we've, become, we've become so disposable <laughs> that we won't, even, we won't even darn a sock to increase the, the life of a sock. I mean, how, how, I mean, that's one of the, Jeremy was talking about rich being rich last week or the week before. There is an indictment of, that we will throw away a sock because my pinky toe sticks out. No, because uh, we live in a society where it is cheaper, it is cheaper to buy a new sock than the time it takes to, so it is. Yeah. Or the materials to sew it. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's dude, it takes no time to darn a sock. <laughs> I, I, sorry, but I actually darned my sock. Do you really? I do. <laughs> it takes a, a thread and about five minutes. Boom. <laughs> that far. You do it too? Because it, it, it's. All you're going to have is a thread and a needle. The gas it's going to take cost you. To go do it with Dave. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not dissing you. My point, my point, my point is that there are a lot of things you can do in the home. You know, you can, you can start businesses in the home. But again, are you doing it to the neglect of your home and your family there? Because here's the deal. 
is God is giving younger women the responsibility to love their husbands, love their children, and to work in the home. So before we talk about working, can a woman work outside the home, which we'll, we'll get to here, why is there such a push in our culture today for you have got to work outside the home? You are worthless. You are nothing if you don't. Because as my grandmother would tell me, you know, feminism and things that happened in the 60s, like that whole movement, they didn't go through all that so that we could decide to just sit at home like, we gave you equal rights and things, so now you should use them. What is behind that? What, what, is, what was behind all of that? A lot of things, but... Right. Well, I mean, just counter, counter to God's creation yes. the world. Mm-hmm. The value shifted. Okay. Away from the home to the, the world. Yeah. What's the word? Equality. 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 Somehow, some way, it got infected into the minds of men and women that men were better than women. Women were somehow lesser. And so women can do anything a man can do and do it better. No. Some things they can do just fine. Some some things they can do better. Women tend to be much better at math than men are. Crazy. Okay. I don't know. That's yeah. interesting. I mean, engineering and math departments are almost always yeah. male dominated. Yeah. It's interesting. Again, could that be cultural? Oh, that's that's the big argument now. But that's a side. Yeah, it's a rabbit trail. So, what's pushing women outside the home? Equality. Equality. There. Uh, I can do it. But, but the larger picture is to break up the family unit, which the Lord created. I would, con- I would contend, yes, if, if we're going to go into the spiritual realm, that is what we see behind the disintegration of the family, of gender, <laughs> of gender stereotypes, of, of God's created gender plan uh, for people. Well, I also think that because our focus has shifted less on our family unit and more to our children and are they happy and what are they involved in, and now it's like, all three of your kids need to play soccer and do ballet and do karate. And how do you pay for that on one income? You don't. So the women, you know, families feel like you have to be a two-income family to provide a good life for your kids. Okay. What if a woman, let me rephrase this. Are there women out there who go, I would really like to be a doctor. I'm really good at biology. I'm, I'm, and I crush this. Give me organic chemistry. I'll eat it up and spit it out. Are there women like that? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So there, there may be an innate desire. There may be an innate giftedness in there. Okay, so now the rub. Is it legitimate for a woman to work outside the home? We've already declared that there isn't a commandment. When, when let's, let's go some in- instances. A married woman. When would you go, that's probably okay, she works outside the home? She needs more income. Okay. Let's, let's touch on this one here. They need more income. You know, holy cow. You know, we're, we, we can't make ends meet at this point. Okay, should that be long term? No. No, ideally not. How can the husband help that out? 
I had heard that it's better, and I, this is just, I read that it's better for the man to take a part-time job so that there's consistency in the home with the children and the home in general, rather than the wife leaving. And that, I've heard, I have read stuff like that too, but you have situations where it's not, it's not feasible, you know. Like, for example, Ty's schedule it would be very, it's very hard for the firefighters to go get a part-time job, which is why you see many of them starting their own business so they can work it on their schedule. Okay, but he is, he is starting a second job, though. Right. So that's yes. one thing a man can do is he can work two jobs. And is that going to be forever? Probably not because over time you will tend to make more and more money and work toward a living wage. I think of Roy Catula, Steve Pickle. You guys don't know Steve Pickle. But both those guys would deliver pizzas when you know they were just airmen and married and they were having babies there. So the wife could stay home and the consistency within the home. And also, it's cheaper for a man to work two jobs than it is for both of them to work. Like if, if the wife were to work that other job simply for fuels, cars, wear and tear, and wardrobes. Again, not that a woman's supposed to have a schlocky wardrobe. Well, but Okay, so it may be for a season for financial reasons. It may just be. What's another reason? Your children are big and you, they go to school and you're at home all yeah. day and you can easily Your go kids are grown. Or what if you have no children? Okay, there are, there are families out there where they can't have kids. I would, I would have concern for a brother and sister in Christ who say, we don't want to have kids. I, I, that, that would be an onion you'd have to peel back right there, but some can't. How many? That doesn't say. Um, so I, I would think of, but still, the woman here has the responsibility for the care of the home. So, I mean, when both are working for a season, that's one thing, but if she's doing it voluntarily and doesn't need to, this, the home is still ultimately her responsibility. That doesn't mean men can't vacuum, doesn't mean men can't do the laundry, etc. But what if a woman wants to have a career and children? And is that acceptable? whether or not it impacts your, how it impacts your children. Why are you wanting the jobs? That's a big, yes. 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 You know, this is, this is something, this is where I would say principally that is, I would discourage that. If you really want, if you, if this career is a, a thing for you, then wait, wait, especially if it's not needed right now. Well, she makes more money than I do. And then you might want to find another line of work where you can allow her to be home. Or change your lifestyle. Yeah. So that your budget can look different. And we, we've had, but I've had uh, known people that are women who've taken break from being actual doctors or pursuing that, then at a certain point are able to get back into being, which is which is crazy to think about floating a, a what do you call it, a medical degree <laughs> during, yeah. during that time is, not making income on it. But like, 
This is going to go online, and if somebody, if a secularist were to listen to this, they would go, these people are all nuts. These people are all nuts. It's a little and so, but, but, those people who but have this is no value on yeah. God's intention for man and what is good for man and what His creation and purpose is. And that's true in the church too. Evan. Yeah, I mean, we're just going push. I don't care what it says. But what I want is. I don't care what I want. Yeah, exactly. Me. It is. It is personal autonomy. Personal autonomy. Sexual autonomy trumps all. And you got no business to even talk to me about it. In six minutes. Husbands, be submissive to your husband. Why does the world chafe at this idea and it's the same thing? Partially because they don't understand fully what it actually means. Well, yeah, submissive has become a four-letter word. Yeah. Well, and partially because they have a husband who is not a Christ-like character of being yes. a husband. Therefore, the idea of submitting to a, a tyrant or some grown-up child man child is a man yes. child is, is is not someone worthy of submitting to so you have <laughs> or it, their dad that they think of there are two kind of philosophies behind marriage one is an egalitarian understanding of marriage and marriage and egalitarian you think equal <coughs> egalitarian we are equals you know i have my turn here he has his we I, you know i you know he goes to his work i go to my work and we got you know we take separate vacations and stuff you go <laughs> you guys really married? The other one is complementarian, where it's instead of like this, it's like this. Okay, we are created different. We have different purposes. We have different roles within marriage. We looked at it in Ephesians chapter 5. But the, the world is going, it's the power of me again, as opposed to, am I going to submit myself first to God. Am I going to know that he has my good, that God loves me, God wants what's best for me? And that is in a marriage where the husband loves his wife and the wife submits to the husband. They think again, they don't understand submission. They don't understand it. You're a doormat you're a weakling, you're nothing, he's going to walk all over you. And women in the church chafe under this idea because it is not taught well and it is not exemplified. You know, where are the women who are delighted in their husbands who submit to them? Where are the husbands who love their wives? Well, I speak generally, I'm not throwing any stones in this church. The word for submit, great word. Put yourself under. To put yourself under. Not to be driven under. Not to be stood upon. You put yourself under. Submit to your husband. What is the greatest example of that? Jesus putting himself under God the Father. God the Son, God the Father, God the Holy Spirit. God the Son... All he did was what his father directed him to do. Jesus Christ, the doormat? Or even with, I mean, I don't know if you say more than that, but at least equal to that, him submitting to his parents, putting himself under them. I mean, at least God's father was eternally perfect. <laughs> yes. I'm sure Mary and Joseph made a few boneheads. Jesus, 
I bet you Jesus Christ got disciplined. I've disciplined my kids wrongly. <laughs> I spank the eternal God. Oh my. You know? <laughs> um, this idea of submission is laced throughout Scripture. It is good and it is beautiful. John Piper said, submission is mainly a wife's intelligent, happy, and wise support for her husband's leadership. You got it, honey. I don't want it. I don't want it. You know, that doesn't mean he makes all the decisions. Please, talk amongst yourselves. You know, discuss things. But ultimately, if, if you guys come to an impasse... The responsibility is going to rest on the husband's shoulders. And he may select what you decided. He may go, we're going to go with what you think here. And who's going to be held responsible? He is. In the scheme of eternity. The good that comes from this, notice, I'm in Ephesians. Uh, in, at the end of Titus chapter 5, somebody there read it. Yeah, that the word of God may not be reviled. Wives, submit to your husbands that the word of God may not be reviled. I am a Christian and I'm living contrary. Well, wow, you're just like everybody else. God's word is nothing. If I am not a separate holy person, I look just like everybody else. Well, then why would I want your Christianity? Why, don't I, why would I want this at all? It's just, it's, there's nothing. That the word of God may not be reviled. You, Paul explains in Ephesians chapter 5 that the love of a husband for a wife is like Christ and the church. The intimacy between a husband and wife is like the intimacy of Christ and the church. And he says this is a profound mystery. This is a profound mystery. Describing it as Christ and the church. So when God created husband and wife, and that union, that beautiful, unique union, is meant to highlight and exemplify God and his people, Christ and the church. There. And as you as a woman love your husbands by submitting to them and honoring them, you glorify God, you glorify his design, and you highlight the love of Christ and the church. You know, there is much good. We don't have time. You guys can talk about amongst yourselves over lunch today. There's much good that is found in submitting. And there is much slandered by the world about submitting. And I encourage you to think on this. So, to end up, young married woman. A married woman ought to have a desire to honor God by delighting in the responsibilities for which she was created. Okay, that should be true of everybody. You know, I should desire to honor God by delighting in the responsibilities for which he created me for. And you as well. Younger women must anchor their identity, as well as young men and older men, everybody must anchor their identity in God's word because the culture is going to assault you, your feelings are going to assault you, your friends are going to assault you, you're an idiot, your family going to assault you 
If God's word is true, that being a homemaker is an extraordinary vocation and a high calling. It is good and God's glory, to God's glory for a woman to submit to her husband. Last point here, I'm a minute over. No husband, no child, no job will provide any fullness, satisfaction, or delight for you if Christ is not your fullness, satisfaction, and delight. Important. So even though these things are emphasized, if you're going, oh, I'm going to do these things, I'm going to do these things, and you're looking for your fullness and your satisfaction in your children or your husband, and not Christ first, you're not going to be there. That's it. I'm out of time.